This is the Healthcare Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. No industry, including sick care, can be fixed from inside. For every one hour that they spend on patient care, they're spending up to two hours on EHR data entry. Welcome to the Full Healthcare Circle. I'm your host, Sean Heath. It seems like every day there is a news story about a new technological advancement in healthcare. And the really great things about these advancements and these evolutions is they're able to save time. These new advancements are able to save more lives. One thing they don't always necessarily accomplish is saving money. Not at the beginning, usually. Sometimes along the line, they'll become a little more cost efficient. And that is something that my guest today is an expert on. He knows all the ins and outs, the ups and downs of things costing more than maybe we expected and how we should approach that. My guest on the podcast today is David McFarlane. He's the marketing communications manager for MedSphere Systems Corporation. David, how are you today? I'm well, Sean. Thanks for having me. Now, you get to see probably everything new or cool that's coming out in healthcare. You at least have seen it or have talked to somebody about it. Is it overwhelming? I just want to start there. It, it, it seems like there's a tidal wave of new technology that you have to face. Is it every day? Um, sort of, yeah. I, I'd say I have to be try and be aware of what's coming online. Um, I don't have a responsibility to be aware of, um, of every device, of every new application, because some of them do things that aren't specifically within my purview. purview. Uh, but it is helpful with regard to marketing a software product, an IT product, to understand where the industry is going. Now, since we're going to talk primarily about costs and budgets and um, advancements, is there a trend where the initial price of any given technology you can kind of guess what range it's going to be in from the jump, or are there wildly varying starting prices depending on the specificity of the device or the technology? There are widely uh, varying prices. So, um, and really this, you know, if you're looking at the entire range of IT products uh, specific to healthcare, so we're talking about um, an entire healthcare platform an electronic health record that runs a whole hospital or a healthcare system. And then you could scale all the way down to a single software product that does something very specific or a single device that does something very specific that's designed to track, you know, um, uh, some specific vital sign, for example. Um, so it, it, there's a lot of, it could be all over the map. What relationship is there between technological advances and the overall cost of healthcare? Uh, well, that's a good question because I think the, the evidence on that's pretty clear. And a lot of what you can read online, if you look at some of the studies that have been done, the data, is that there's a linear relationship between increases in healthcare costs and the introduction of technology into the healthcare environment. When you introduce new technology, costs go up. Um, and at this point, we haven't managed to bend that curve at all. That's still, you know, as one climbs, so does the other. Let me ask a somewhat cynical question. Uh, if we're getting better at healthcare, that means that we are hopefully improving patient outcome, which means we're extending 
lifespan, but we're also extending and increasing the cost of that. So does that mean that by making healthcare more expensive, we are also stating that people's lives are becoming more valuable? Or is that is that an inverse ratio? It's been an inverse ratio over the last couple of years, but a couple of um, a couple of public public health issues in particular have impacted that. So we've had the opioid crisis. I mean, America has an ongoing ongoing crisis with other types of addictions and with homelessness, um, and those kinds of issues have unfortunately um, reduced the average lifespan of of Americans uh, by I don't know exactly how much, but over the last couple of years we've seen average lifespan for Americans um, retract just a bit. Um, It's unfortunate, and it isn't necessarily something that you can blame on, you know, costs or the healthcare system in general, but you could also say that the healthcare system was not in a position to be responsive to those types of crises, and so um, that's been the result. So technology helps improve care, but it's also a primary driver of increased costs. How do you find hospitals are approaching ways to minimize the cost impact as it pertains to their service provision? Uh, That's an excellent question, and I think um, we can make generalizations about it, but then the real, um, where the rubber meets the road is where specific hospitals and health system choose to deal with that. So if you were to buy an electronic health record, which is what we sell, um, you've got some, uh, some choices that cost you you know, multiple billions of dollars over five to 10 years versus some that would cost you hundreds of thousands. Um, And there are perceptions about the effectiveness of those systems. And then there's also, I don't know, you could call it peer pressure or something, or there are trends in the industry where, whereby there's a dominant player and some hospitals, I'm going to argue, feel like they have the need to acquire what's perceived as the dominant uh, industry player. Um, Even when there may not be statistical support for improved outcomes as a result of adopting that particular platform. There is certainly tons of evidence that it's going to cost you a lot more money. I know that the healthcare industry is somewhat unique in that it deals with this question differently than any other industry, but how does the healthcare industry approach balancing benefit versus cost, specifically when it comes to new technologies? That's a good question. The answer is uh, probably more complex than I'm able to go into, not being a trained healthcare economist. But um, let's say the benefit of certain technologies to the individual patient are incalculable because in certain instances, a, you know, a particular technology might save an individual patient's life. Um, but is that technology having the same impact on the entire patient population? in a hospital, across the health system, within a public health area? Probably not. Um, So there is always an ongoing conversation about the return on investment for healthcare technology. Um, And there's not necessarily an agreement um, on exactly what that phrase ROI means with regard to healthcare technology. Um, With most other sectors, most other industries, technology the price of it comes down as it becomes better and becomes more widely implemented across the industry. And that hasn't happened yet with technology and healthcare. Um, there are a lot of assumptions that it will because it's happened in other industries, but healthcare may prove to be stubborn because it does have unique uh, economic characteristics. I'm, I'm really interested in how impactful 
technological costs can be with regard to hospital budgets. Do you have a, you know, a, a, a situation that you're at liberty to tell me about? Um, I have anecdotes, sure. And these are widely available in the press. We, um, we've read about hospitals that choose to go with a particular EHR product that's really pretty expensive. And it's expensive in a way that there are a lot of, there's a lot of money required up front. And then there's a lot of money required to implement the product. And then after that fact, there's even more money required to retain experts that help you with the implementation and the workflows and things like that. So it's kind of difficult with some solutions to get out from under that, uh, that particular burden. And so, yeah, we've seen stories in the press about certain hospitals and how, um, you know, their budgets went from uh, positive cash flow one year to negative the next, especially if they're publicly held. Um, some hospitals have endured layoffs, and some have even publicly admitted that this is a product of us having adopted this particular solution. That's where some of the money went. We had to cut back elsewhere. Um, some hospitals are having to abandon clinical initiatives because they don't have the money for it anymore, at least in the short term, while they get this um, IT system up and running. Um, I think a lot of people might be a bit concerned to know that the hospital they were going to was abandoning clinical initiatives, things that actually would go to the health of the patient to try and get their software system up and running. Originally, the hospitals across the country were created to serve the community, not created for the community to serve the hospital. And as these costs have increased, that relationship has shifted. It has shifted. I mean, it's a, you know, we could, there's obviously a, a much longer conversation to have about um, the nature of our financial and monetary systems in healthcare and whether or not that works. Um, but we now have hospitals and we now have healthcare systems that are public entities. And so some people are concerned and some argue quite um, assiduously that healthcare as, as run as a for-profit business or even as a non-profit business is unethical because the entity itself becomes more concerned with uh, the public profits, maybe, than it does with the overall health of the community. David, where are we in the lifespan or in the overarching arc of this IT technology as it pertains with these systems to healthcare systems? Are we, are we teenagers? Are we middle-aged? Where are we in the lifespan? Well, we're not infants, so that's a good thing. Um, I'd say teenagers is probably a, a decent analogy. There's still a lot of development that has to be done. Um, in terms of the one of the issues has been um, the systems as they were introduced. And just to offer a little bit of background, the federal government offered incentives to adopt these systems before they were arguably ready for prime time, which created great frustration for physicians because they found that they sort of made their lives more complicated, not less complicated. They found that they spend more time now than they used to entering data. And a lot of hospitals have actually hired people to do that for physicians. So there's still a lot of maturity left to achieve um, in terms of voice automation and things that truly uh, improve the physician's life. Um, so we're in our teenage years and, um, and there's a lot of growing up to do. And there's, it's, there's not a strong ration, rationale right now for multi-billions of dollars to pay for these systems, especially when it threatens other initiatives in the hospital. They need to be more mature. Um, they need to be more supportive. Um, on the flip side of that, um, a lot of the revenue cycle software has really helped hospitals increase their revenues. So dollars that they used to lose out on simply lack of efficiency um, are now being sort of hoovered up 
um, and that is helping with the bottom line for a lot of hospitals. From a technological standpoint, you mentioned physicians having to enter so much data. As technology improves and that data acquisition becomes either automatic or managed through AI, do you think that that's the next evolution? Is that the next leap that this technology will take? AI seems to be what every technologist thinks is the the next big leap forward. And not just for healthcare um, software. I mean, it's starting to become a player in a lot of other areas of technology. Um, but AI is what is talked about most frequently as the next big leap forward. It's not going to be as intelligent as we imagine in popular fiction or you know sci-fi fiction. Um, but it is certainly going to be supportive. And we're talking about things like you know natural language processing and the ability of your computer to record what you say, to dictate it correctly into a document and then make that searchable with natural language processing for um, specific pieces of data in a, um, in a patient record that you want to find. So yeah, I mean, that's going to help quite a bit. And those systems are not really yet mature either. So there's still, that's where most, a lot of the research and a lot of the work is being done right now. It's obvious that the advances in technology will generally drive up costs. That's a given. But that's not the most effective spend always in a hospital's budget. It seems to me that public health changes could really help manage the cost and generate a more affordable outcome. Um, I think so, they could. And a lot of public health of officials think that they could. Yeah. Um, this, is invest this is investments in the community around you. I mean, we're talking about fairly low-tech stuff, like uh, just inoculations. And when you start talking about public health, then you start to get into social policy. We're talking about problems with poverty in the neighborhood, and we're talking about problems in the educational system and broken families. And, I mean, admittedly, these are extremely complex issues for anybody to deal with, so the healthcare system is no better equipped than others. But if you were looking for something where you could spend some money and you know it would have the greatest impact for the greatest number of people, public health has, has demonstrated that that's where it's at versus IT systems. And I also think that contrary to popular belief, these major healthcare systems would encourage and support any help that they can get. If we could increase public health support and and have it become more affordable, then the specialties that, you know, orthopedists or, um, I don't know, uh, brain surgeons, uh, they could dedicate their time more to those critical procedures and less on maybe having to set a broken arm that some high school student got at a soccer game. The way that care is being provided is changing all the time. So, Things like setting a broken arm, um, using that as an example, you don't necessarily go to, need to go to a level one trauma center for that. You can go to you know a, a quick clinic or whatever they're calling them, um, someplace where the cost of care is significantly lower simply for the physical plant is much less. Um, and healthcare is changing dramatically. They're trying to actually reserve the hospital space um, for only those sort of level one issues and pretty dramatic health issues that they have to deal with. And then the IT system is more essential because you've got large facilities in a hospital and you've got affiliated clinics 
and other facilities and they're connected and those hospital systems and IT systems have to be connected too so that you will have one coherent record for the patient. Um, it's all valuable. It's extremely necessary. It's just that what everyone's paying for it right now is, is way too much. And the other cost issue I think that's really crucial is that, um, I mean, America has lost like 106 hospitals in rural areas going back more than 10 years. Um, and some of those hospitals could never, I mean, they weren't surviving financially anyway. So the idea of buying any kind of an IT system was sort of unrealistic. But the irony is that an IT system, in a lot of instances, especially a revenue cycle system, would have helped them be, for, be more financially viable. So if there were some sort of way for them to put a, you know, not an extravagant system, but a basic system in place at an affordable cost, it can help them be more financially viable organization that survives to serve rural residents who then might have to travel great distances in an emergency if that hospital's not there. Yeah, definitely the price of entry is extremely prohibitive and as you mentioned, something that could keep rural hospitals from being able to participate and benefit from the new technological advances that you and I've been talking about. Yes, absolutely. Today it has been my pleasure to have a conversation with David McFarlane, the Marketing Communications Manager for Medsphere Systems Corporation. David, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really have enjoyed this. I appreciate it. Thank you, Sean. I've enjoyed it as well.